right, welcome to That Local Life. I'm your host, Tyler Simpson. Uh, Sydney cannot make it today. She had an appointment, so sucks for her that she can't be on, but we will continue anyway. I have a very special guest today here, Connor Trammell. Yes, sir. Am I saying that right? Yep, All right. Me. He is an Ontario native, uh, a longtime rancher, and uh, just starting up his uh, Red Rock Outfitters. Uh, Red Rock Hawaii Outfitters. Red Rock Hawaii Outfitters. Yep. Uh, f- fly Fishing uh, Guide Service. Uh, Connor, thanks for being on the podcast today. Yeah, man. Thanks for getting me on. This is awesome. Absolutely. This is your first one? Uh, yeah, this is my first podcast. Yeah, yeah. I have first podcast. I've only ever listened to them, and being on one is pretty exciting. This is, is pretty that awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. And how old are you? I'm only 19 years old. 19? I've <clears throat> lived in Ontario my whole life. Uh, okay. Grew up farming and ranching around here on out in Ontario Heights, and fishing has always been a really, really good passion of mine, and I Amazing. figured, you know what, I'm pretty knowledgeable at it, pretty uh-huh. good at it, so... Um, I decided to step up. I was in the pro bass fishing circuit for about four years. Wow. Um, so bass fishing was a really huge mm-hmm. focus of mine. And um, I got into fly fishing from a, uh, got into fishing from a really, really young age. Um, mm-hmm. Ever since I was in diapers, my parents would bring me up here and I'd be out there fishing. And then I started uh, writing my own book on it. Been writing a book on the Waihee River for about uh-huh. four years. Been fly wow. fishing it for about seven. Nice. And so I figured, you know what? I want to take the next step. I really want to dive into this some more and mm-hmm. become, you know, like these guys you see out on the river, like you watch these movies and it's just all dramatic music crescendo, like a river runs through it, for example, is a really, really good one. And, <laughs> you know, it, it was just something just hit different. And I was like, you know what? That's what I want to do. I want to I want to take the knowledge that I have and I want to share it with people. And, you know, the few clients that I took out last year, honestly, just watching them be successful and having fun and catching fish with the knowledge that I implemented on them mm-hmm. was absolutely just so much more fulfilling than catching that fish myself that is awesome that is awesome and being only 19 man you're uh, already kind of discovering what you love that is uh, very fortunate to uh, find that early on I mean uh, that's where it all starts is some of the passion Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm happy to see that and uh, happy that uh, I stumbled upon you when you came in the store one day yeah it was really cool it's absolutely awesome to have you on Uh, how many clients have you had so far right now I've had about three Um, it was a little slow last year Mm -hmm. just because the advertising wasn't I like I've never done this before, <laughs> so I had absolutely no idea absolutely. how to get out there. And so yeah, I came in mm-hmm. and I was asking here. I was like, "Hey, I got a poster I can put in the window," and you were like, "Just hop on the cast, man." Yeah, I was like, "Sweet," but no, advertising was definitely one of my biggest issues. Uh-huh. Um, I made the only advertising I did was um, I made the Instagram page uh-huh. Red Rock Hawaii Outfitter. Give it a follow. <laughs> um, so and I did that, and I a lot of my close friends followed me, but they didn't really like book trips, uh-huh. like actual clients mm-hmm. did. I gave out my number to some guys that were, um, they were out of Sacramento, California. They mm-hmm. come up here, they take a yearly nice. trip up here uh-huh. and, um, don't know if they'll be back or not. I have a couple guys that are already scheduled for March. So yeah, just, um, trying to get out in the advertising. That's awesome. So man. yeah, absolutely. Well, this, <coughs> this is a, this is a good start. I would say yeah, this uh, is a really getting, getting you out there to your followers. Uh, definitely. oftentimes what I have found is that your closest friends aren't always your best clients. I mean, they might be your best advocates, but oftentimes it's going to come from, uh, come from repeat business or and just <coughs> ask those guys to be like, Hey, I hope you had a great experience. Can you recommend me to somebody? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, your, your biggest thing in, the, in that business <coughs> is definitely word of mouth. And of course, on Instagram is uh, catching that nice big, nice big trout. Yeah, or that whatever nice big brown he got. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, let's dive into your story a little bit. Uh, I know you're a longtime rancher. I mean, uh, what kind of got your family into that? 
Well, ranching and farming, more kind of like along the lines mm-hmm. of both. So my grand, uh, my grandfather is Steve Shaw, okay, and his and his dad was Jim Shaw. Grew mm-hmm. up in Mahir County, okay, and um, Jim, from what I've been told, the stories of Jim bought a, Jim bought the ranch, uh-huh. and um, he really didn't quite know what he was doing with it. And so my mm-hmm. grandfather, Steve Shaw, got the ran- got the deed when he was only eighteen years old, and he's <laughs> been running. Um, He's been running this multi-million dollar farming business That's from the time amazing. he was 18, and he's still doing it. And so Absolutely. we had cattle and a bunch of farmland uh-huh. that we do. We, we don't have cattle anymore, but um, still got a bunch of farmland that we do. Uh, we're the third highest producer, and um, not highest producer, but we there was a plaque that was on my grandpa's wall, mm-hmm. and it was like third third place best hay in the state of Oregon. Oh, that's amazing. So, <clears throat> yeah, really, really good professional setup that we do. Um and he's got a really good client base. We have seasonal buyers that buy all of our hay. And so, yeah, really, really good namesake in the community. And then I was pretty, pretty young. I got enthralled in it from a young age, just sitting with Grandpa in the tractor and mm-hmm. learning how stuff works and, and growing up that way. I mean, I really didn't know really any other, like, form of lifestyle. Like, mm-hmm. I was always out on the farm. I was always on the ranch doing stuff. And so I had that mindset and... Yeah. Couldn't be more couldn't be more blessed or thankful for where I grew up and Absolutely. you know where I live. So that is awesome. That is awesome, you. man. I mean, I mean, I imagine you've learned quite a <coughs> bit of uh, business aspect aspect side from from growing up in the running the family business. But uh, mm. also, that's going to translate directly into your uh, fly fishing fly fishing business as well. Yeah, that definitely. is that is awesome, man. Um, well, I'm I'm certainly happy for you. Do you have a lady at home? Um, yeah, I do actually. Mm-hmm. I have a girlfriend. Her name's Kelsey Deal, and um plan is we're going to get engaged here pretty soon and oh. get married yeah, so yeah she's question. oh yeah pop the big question <laughs> it, it's awesome her family's amazing i love her family and that's cool, her especially man. and yeah she's a really really big supporter of this and huh? um our plan first was uh after we got married mm-hmm. we were going to move down there and then mm-hmm. i was like well you know i got this business up here <laughs> and she was like you know that's that's one part of the reason we're coming up here uh-huh. After we get married down in Klamath, we're going to move up to okay. Idaho. And so. Nice. Nice. That is <clears> awesome. That, that's where she's from then. Yeah, it's down there. Klamath Falls, deep southern Oregon. Ooh, so. Nice. I do like that area. That area is very pretty. I've only been down there once. Yeah. We went down there for there. spring break, and it was it was really, really cool. I like it. I like it a lot. What, what part of Idaho are you guys moving to? Um, we're kind of thinking Parma. Mm, Parma. Somewhere like close. Yeah, yeah. Parma's a good Parma's a good spot that's to be down in. Still and local. Our, our careers are both taking us there. She's mm-hmm. doing a crop science and i'm pursuing okay. a career in law enforcement so cool. so she's uh she's a farmer farmer later herself um kind of in the industry kind anyway. of in the industry okay. she didn't she, she didn't grow up farming uh-huh. but she's uh, she got a job down there with one of her bosses and she did a uh, crop inspections and she mm. was really really interested in it and that's came cool. up here and did a transfer degree for it so that is awesome she's on the analytical side <coughs> of the farming that is that is also very very important yes that is cool man well i'm happy for you guys and i hope it all works out for you heck yeah man uh parma is a great area i mean i would love to move to idaho myself yeah uh, get out of the, all the politics from uh, oh, oregon man. <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> it is absolutely a it nightmare is crazy moment, but hey can't knock it i mean uh, we're here we're, we have the thriving businesses and very much so we can't complain mm-hmm. so that is awesome man um <coughs> so Back to your outfitting guide here. What is your, what's your plan with it? What's uh, what's the future look like for Red Rock? What I'd like to do is, well, it's all, it's already been way more than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, uh, when I first had the idea 
to make this a thing. I was sitting in my room and I had my notebook and I was sitting there tying flies and I was just like, you know, just thinking of all this stuff, like, mm -hmm. oh man, like marketing, sweatshirts, hats, <laughs> all this like really, really cool merchandise that I could make for it. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, wait a second, I'm thinking of merchandise. I don't even have a client base yet. Like who, who's going <laughs> to buy it. all this stuff? I'm going to spend it. all this money on merchandise uh -huh. when I have nobody to sell it to. Uh -huh. And then it clicked. I was like, you know what? I should make, you know, it was a thing I thought of and it was uh -huh. on a whim. I kind of slept on it for about a week and a half. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I want to do this. I have enough confidence in my knowledge and skill set as mm -hmm. an angler to where yeah. I can take people out and be successful. Mm -hmm. And the first trip that I took and I saw that, like this guy, um, I, I go to church with mm -hmm. him, really, really cool guy, Matthew Einstrom and his uncle and his uncle Rob. Mm -hmm. Uncle Rob, he had absolutely no idea what he was doing. <laughs> he went out, never really fly fished uh -huh. before, and I took him out, gave him a couple casting lessons, and was really kind, respectful, and knowledgeable mm -hmm. about like how you should how what works for me, mm -hmm. you know, and try to say what well, that might not work for you, especially in the casting aspect of it. And he got it down. We hit the first few couple spots, and the day was just absolutely dead. And that, the worst feeling as a guide <laughs> is when people pay you and you take them uh -huh. out, and like for the first like four hours, absolutely nothing happens. Uh. I didn't even see a rise. Mm -hmm. Didn't even see any heads busting. I'm like, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, we got to switch it up. So we finally get to the second to last spot of the day, mm -hmm. and he tosses it out there. A beautiful cast. I'm watching him because mm -hmm. I was up in the higher rapid with yeah. his with his nephew, and he was in the lower rapid. And I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of coaching both of them. Mm -hmm. I'm not really fishing. That's not – I mean, I will. I can. I do. But I'm I mostly want to – I'm there yeah. to teach. I want to take people out, and I want to watch them succeed mm -hmm. with the knowledge and tools that I give them. Absolutely. And so we're sitting there, and I'm working with his – I'm working – with his nephew and he's down there and he's like, he's got the, what do you have? He had an eight foot five weight rod, hmm. kind of, kind of a light setup mm -hmm. for that river. Personally, mm -hmm. I like a six weight and he's just whoosh, bent over. I'm like, Oh, he's snagged. He's snagged. <laughs> no, I see this huge head thrash in the rapid oh. and my heart just sinks. He had probably two X tippet. It's really, really thin stuff. Uh -huh. And I was like, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at his nephew. I'm like, dude, that's the fish of the day. He cannot lose this fish. Uh -huh. So here I am in waders, all my gear, trudging down the river. <laughs> don't move. Don't do anything. Let me hit the net. And he brings this. I thought it was gone. Uh -huh. I got there. I scooped the net down, tried to lead her into the net. She thrashed her head again. I thought it was gone. Uh -huh. Came up. It was in the net. And here's this big, almost 20-inch brown trout. I think, oh, I think when I measured her out, I think she was 18 and a quarter, 18 and mm -hmm. a half. And he was just 10 mile oh, wide smile. That's amazing. And it was the coolest thing. Like, honestly, I don't think I would have enjoyed it that much if I would have caught the fish myself. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. seeing him, like, excited about something that right. he really had no knowledge about. Right. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm Absolutely. sure he's, he's done it. And he told me he had a little experience in it. But just seeing that, the end product, uh -huh. them smiling with the fish, it was just like, that set it in stone for me. Because they were kind of my trial run. They, uh -huh. were, they were like my trial. They were my yeah. first people I took out, seeing how it would work. And I knew them, so it kind of helped a mm -hmm. little bit with the not being so awkward aspect of it. Right. And providing knowledgeable information, not only about the fishing, but about the area and the river and the canyon itself. Mm -hmm. So That's awesome. <clears throat> Dude, that is incredible. I mean, especially in a service like that. I mean, th those are the moments that you're looking for. Exactly. I mean, you'll spend eight hours all day fishing. 
and then they'll catch that one fish right at the end of the day and it makes the entire it makes day. the entire trip worth it that's amazing and that's what he said he goes you know even if we don't catch any more fish he goes my day's already made mm-hmm. and we still that's had amazing. another four hours of fishing we went and we caught more fish uh-huh. after that oh that's cool but i mean it was it was the greatest thing i think in total we ended up with um just a smorgasbord day we went out uh-huh. after that that I call it the icebreaker fish. That one really nice, <laughs> like that big brown. Uh-huh. Um, I think after that we got about thirty-two fish. Oh I think wow, that's amazing! Four of them were over seventeen inches. Oh, that's beautiful. So absolutely, that's a good day. Awesome day on the that river. That's cool. That is cool. Cannot so complain. I am not much of a fisherman, so please educate me a little bit. What what kind of setup do you look for? What's a good beginner rod setup? Reels, line. What are you looking for? <laughs> educate me please well about that it's it's not necessarily in your skill level mm-hmm. it's because you can go and you can ask any guide business you can ask any fly shop owner you can ask any flip pallet you know flip pallets one of those guys who's been doing this he's been in the industry for 67 years mm-hmm. you know he's a amazing fly saltwater fly angler mm-hmm. they all have different opinions Sure. Every everybody, especially when they ask, you know, they come forward and they go, "Hey, what should I use? What is really good for me to start with?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Well, can you lift your arm up and put it down in front of you?" And they go, "Yeah, I can do that." And you just made a fly cast. It's not it's not overly complicated, and I like to view it more of it's an art. It's definitely an art form, and it's a dying art, which is really really sad. Um, a lot of people, I feel like this older generation, that they haven't got their kids into it. You start seeing it. It's not like it's dying off, but it's not as popular as it was. Gotcha. And so when okay. people ask, they go, and, and so when people ask, they're like, so what should I start with? It's like, well, if you've never done it before, honestly, to simplify your question, mm-hmm. kind of went off there, to simplify your question, um, anything you're comfortable with, okay, anything you can pick up and put uh-huh. down, because that's what you're doing. Right. The weight of your fly line uh-huh. transfers to your leader to your tippet, to your fly, and it just transfers over. So <clears throat> it's not hard. I taught my I taught my two-year-old cousin how to fly cast. <laughs> just took him out in the yard, That's and cool. he just up there flailing it around, <laughs> you know, like a maniac. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's beautiful. And so eventually it got to the point to where he could lay it up mm-hmm. and lay it down flat. Oh, that's cool. You know, like. That's cool. And, and what you see, in, I had I had one guy ask me, actually called me, or um, he didn't call me, he emailed me asking mm-hmm. me this question. He was like, so I'm watching a river runs through it. Like mm-hmm. everybody always references that movie. They're mm-hmm. like, I'm, and he's doing this thing. I'm like, that's movie casting. Like <laughs> as, as cool as it would be able to do to do that in uh-huh. real life. One, one, it's not practical. Uh-huh. Two, it's not real. So okay. Okay. just a couple of those things. But if I were to take you out uh-huh. on the river right now, yeah. I would give you one of my rods. Okay. So Easy. you have equipment and stuff I for have, to um, use on it, some undi- on a basis <laughs> kind of so far? My, uh, my mother and my girlfriend have a very different opinion on uh, how much gear is too much gear. Ooh, that's so, an age-old question. There. Oh, man, I tell you. <laughs> it's, it's great. But no, um, I would give you one of my rods. Mm-hmm. I have a 9-foot, 5-6-weight rod with... Um, slow sinking fly line okay it's the probably one of the easiest setups you will ever use mm-hmm. it's very user friendly and 
a lot of people get really intimidated by fly fishing. I find it really funny. I feel intimidated. Trust me. Honestly, <laughs> I man, do. Well, yeah. See, never and, done it. And, and that's the thing. Like when I first started, I never had any formal lesson. Okay. You know, I just said I got a fly rod and I was like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. And so literally hours. And this is what I tell people. Like when you're passionate about something mm-hmm. to the point to where you want to teach other people and you want them to be good at it, the sacrifices you have to make mm-hmm. and you think oh you're just you know it's it's fly fishing no what about like look at professional football players professional mm-hmm. dirt bikers mm-hmm. these guys are spending hours and hours upon hours doing the same repetitive thing oh, over and absolutely. over again i spent all winter my first christmas i got it all winter all mm-hmm. summer out in my yard day and night snow rain sleet hail mom's got pictures of it <laughs> i'm out there with a fly rod getting everything perfect uh-huh. to where to the point to where i could put we have a shrub bush mm-hmm. put a five gallon bucket behind it to where i could cast around the corner and wrap the tippet around the handle oh that's amazing so being able to have that skill level uh-huh. and show it to people be like this isn't something to be scared of this is just as normal as putting your shoes on mm-hmm. or like any other form of fishing it's actually easier to do fly fishing than it is to okay. use a bait caster okay so, I mean, it's really, it's, it's all up to the individual person that you ask. Cause mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something different than sure. a fly shop owner would like, what do I start with? Uh-huh. Of course, they're going to try to sell me, you a product. Gonna, they're going to ask for different questions. Yeah. Right? They're going to ask different questions. They're going to try to sell you a product. Right. So they're going to be like, okay, so you want to do this, you want to do that and get all this technical mm-hmm. numbers. And as a beginner, you're going to go, well, what does any of that yeah. mean? <laughs> me, I'm going to be yeah. like. Me, I'm going to hand you a fly rod and uh-huh. be like, okay, what can you do with it? You know, like, there's nothing to be scared of. This mm-hmm. is just a normal piece of equipment. Okay. And so I, I took that approach when I started teaching people. I was like, because they asked me the same thing. They're yeah. like, well, what's a good beginner fly rod? Okay, well, here's mine. What can you do with it? Mm-hmm. And mm. for them, they just pick it up and they started doing the motions and the movement. And I gave them a few gentle, like, hey, try this. Hold your arms in more. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they were catching fish. Huh. Well, that is interesting. I, you know, I love that aspect that uh, that, <coughs> you're, that you're teaching me here. It's uh, you're not necessarily trying to sell me some equipment, which I originally thought you were going to go down. You were actually demonstrating the ability, what you have to do, in order to become successful at fly fishing. Exactly. That is uh, that is very powerful, and at such a young age, I'm glad that you are learning that. that yeah, is, that's, that's cool, man. That's a lot. That means, uh, I mean, that's that means you're going to go far. I mean, yeah. just you're just hearing your passion, and I hope uh, people can hear your passion through the through this podcast here. I mean, that's that's amazing. Yeah, so definitely. I uh, definitely appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of keeping it a bit under wraps because, <laughs> like I said, this is. Oh hey, be... you got you got your age old secrets. You got to keep under wraps. Oh heck yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Um, well, that's cool, man. Uh, okay, okay. So you kind of gave me the basis of uh, how to fly fish. <laughs> I mean, what what am I looking for on the water? If I'm going out there, I'm on the river. What kind of spots are you looking for? What time of the year are you on the water? Oh, good question. Um. How about fall? Fall. Right so now. like right now, um, right now the browns are starting to spawn. So okay. it's October 28th. It's the end of October. Um, honestly, you're going to want to be doing a lot of uh, your terrestrial insects are pretty much out of the picture. Okay. Because there's really not much of that around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really weird hatch for us this year. So as far as following the hatch, oh, and you gave me one of the hardest seasons of the year too is fall. Um, <laughs> I got a zebra spring midge. one on you here. Zebra midge. Okay. So... What you're looking for in fall is um, spawning habitat. 
right now, especially in October. You're looking for that spawning habitat. You're looking for those runs in the river to where the river kind of narrows down and you have these, I like to call them mood channels. Mm. They're not quite slow. It's not quite white water, but it's just enough to where the water oxygen level is high enough to where they can spawn and drop eggs. Mm -hmm. So Mm. I'd be looking for water about foot and a half in depth, maybe two feet at the max. Okay. just because there's that sweet spot. Trout are really sensitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are, you'll be standing on the bank. Their lateral line is so in tune, they can feel your heartbeat hmm. just standing on the bank. I mean, they are so in tune with their surroundings, especially the larger they are. Mm-hmm. So in water temperature-wise and oxygen levels, they can feel it fluctuate, and it mm-hmm. fluctuates often, especially with them releasing water in and out of the dam sure. and the temperature changing during the day. you always got to be... I mean, it's not going to be one spot during the day. And, and as a guide, I have to consciously be turning those gears and making those decisions of, you know, testing the water temperature, what the flow is, what the, what the air temp is. It's like you've got to look at these things That's in order right. to be like, okay, this is what, not what I think, like this is what I know the fish are doing. Mm-hmm. And it's that, it's that yeah. years of experience that uh-huh. add up to that. Of course. To where you can be like, okay, time, place, temperature, date, right here. Wow. leading up to that and That's as soon science. as that client places that fly mm-hmm. and you see that big brown head come out of the water and just engulf that whether you're using mm-hmm. that's when the adrenaline kicks that mm-hmm. every everything that you do everything that I do leading up to that the hours staying up time mm-hmm. flies reading mm-hmm. books writing books it all leads up to that one moment as soon as that head breaks that surface and you see it bite that fly mm. That is the key moment in how you know everything that you've done, everything ev- that led up, mm. everything led up to that, that moment. sounds like an incredible moment. I'm going to have to experience that for myself. So I heard you said, you mentioned that you're writing a book. What are you writing a book on? Give me a second to get a drink there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, right now, my book is basically my experiences up there. Mm-hmm. What I've done, what, and it's kind of like a knowledge guide slash um, outdoor diary, you know, I'll go up there and I'll just sit and, and and it's all, and it's all about the fish for me. It's all about the trout. So I'll go up there and whenever we go camping up there or whenever I'm up there by myself, I will sit by after I'm done for the day, after I've taken my waders off, all my gears put away, I'll sit with a notebook and a pencil and I'll just write everything that I experienced up there throughout the day. Um, some days will be more some days will be more technical than others yeah some days will be like okay well 238 p.m size Mm -hmm. seven midge hopper uh 2.5 miles from the drain and Mm. and it'll be way like technical down to the last detail and number and then there are some days where it's like you know i get really philosophical with it i'm like okay well today wasn't really today was a slow day Uh why was i unsuccessful and i sit on that question and there's probably a lot of people that would sit out there and be like, yo, this guy's crazy. He didn't catch a fish <laughs> and he's sitting there pondering the question and he lets oh, it bother funny. him for like a week. Yes. Yes, I do. Because that is true passion. Beautiful. When you don't get something uh-huh. and, it, oh, it's just fishing. I, I strongly disagree with the people who say, oh, fishing is just a game of love. Uh-huh. No. Fishing is complete skill. Huh. You have to be able to know when, where, what, why, and how in order to be a successful angler. And so I get really philosophical on it and it bothers me. It's like, okay, I just had 
four days of the best fly fishing of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, throughout this one week, nothing's changed. All of a sudden, the fish are just gone. And I, and I sit there and I'll <laughs> think about it and I'm like, okay, why? And then when I think I get my hypothesis correct and go out and the next few trips I go out, I'm testing that uh -huh. and breaking it apart yeah. and figuring it out. Wow. Until I become successful. And here I just thought fishing was uh, just a cast in a pole. Yeah, we uh, we got a whole philosophical question here. We oh, got all the way down to the detail. Man, that is that is incredible. Thank you for sharing your experiences with me. Yeah. That is very cool. So what I'm gathering from this book is it's kind of like a story <coughs> almost, like uh, Connor's Tales, if you Pretty will. Much, I mean, that, yeah. that's kind of cool. You're going to break it down into into different series, different uh, – when are you planning on releasing this book, man? Um been writing it for a while when's uh when's I the release date no idea it's honestly just kind of until i feel comfortable with like if i want to release it that's the question mm -hmm. i mean because there's there's a lot of i don't want to say like private information in there but sure. it like if you were to read it it probably wouldn't make sense to you right like it's not really written in the format of a story mm -hmm. it's just my random thoughts and strategies and keys and of my experiences over hmm. the years. Well, it would be interesting to see if you could actually take some of that and turn it into a, somewhat of a, a technical book that someone who beginner fly fisher could come they in would and, really like and to read be into and like, it. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is this is what that means. This <clears throat> is this is kind of the basic idea of casting. I mean, this is what you're looking for in the water. Yeah. This I mean, is what you want to. That's cool. Stuff like that. That's cool. I mean, I'd definitely be interested in, in learning more about that as I as I do live in a an area where fly fishing is very uh, very big. I yeah. would say. I mean, I think the uh, Waihi River is uh, nationally ranked in the uh, country. Made I the believe it's top 20. Top by, 20. Uh, Made the I cover of right. Field and Stream magazine three different times. Oh, that's amazing. I did not know that fact. So that is cool. That is cool. Yeah, I mean, and we're located right here on the store. So I'm going to kind of get into some technical jargon here. Okay. I do sell flies. Mm -hmm. I don't have a ton of knowledge around it. What kind of flies do you use depending on the time of year? So, like, take me through all the seasons. What are you using? Change up seasonally, honestly. Mm -hmm. So early spring around here every every local uh hawaii <laughs> fly angler knows you're going to be getting into early april early may you're going to uh -huh. be using bwo that's your blue winged olives okay and it's a variant of um mayfly that they hatch really early in the year uh -huh. and they look like a blue winged olive they look like an olive they're blue okay. kind of greenish tint to them uh -huh. so um honestly what i recommend is get yourself a hatch chart for the hawaii for the hawaii river okay um, that's what I go off of. Uh -huh. Well, I say I use that very, very loosely. It's what I go off of because it's the hatch chart is almost never right. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> just like your your basic flies, I mean, okay. here honestly, what what I could really recommend to help your business do is one. A lot of guys around here, and and this isn't something to feel bad about. A sure. lot of guys around here tie their own flies. Mm -hmm. Me personally, um, as like if clients don't have flies, I bring them here. Right. Like you want to buy flies from here um, just to kind of help with that, sure. your, your oh, business course. aspect of, of it. Um, popular flies, woolly buggers. Okay. Everybody loves woolly buggers. Everybody <laughs> fishes with <laughs> a woolly bugger. Oh, that that's the that's the crazy thing. You can get in some really interesting I, names. I have with some flies that I'm like, holy cow. I mean, like these, are, these are some intricate names. Interesting, here. <laughs> interesting names. Yeah, bass guys look at us like we're weird because we're That's naming funny. all these flies. Um, <laughs> you guys are the philosophical fishermen of the world. Very much so. All the purists and all that. <laughs> um, what is it? It's um, Kelly Gallup. Not Kelly Gallup. Not the game changer. There's mm -hmm. one that's called the Sex Dungeon. It's a double-jointed streamer. Big old, huge, <laughs> gnarly-looking fly. I love that. But um, no, uh, 
just seasonally see what sells good uh-huh. honestly i recommend if you're going to go through about mid-june to about the end of august uh-huh. i'd go with hoppers okay honestly that is the best time on the river and if anybody out there is looking to book a trip i highly recommend about mid-june to about the end of august there you go anywhere through there because that was just they just absolutely gorged themselves on grasshoppers okay i mean so for you i definitely in different sizes start selling hoppers okay i mean you'll probably make really really good money off of that hmm. um and yeah we were oh man almost every fish <laughs> every fish we netted uh-huh. they just burp up hoppers huh. i mean little tiny grasshoppers probably uh-huh. 30 of them in one stomach wow that's so crazy. and you kind of you can kind of know what people are using and see what people are using because uh-huh. i've found so many rigs in the bushes of huh. like the hopper droppers. Yeah. It's like you got your hopper up top, mm-hmm. a little midge on the bottom mm-hmm. just sitting there. Mm. Um, streamers, you can never go wrong with streamers. Call them meat chuckers. Meat chuckers. Meat chuckers. <laughs> it's like you go up, you go out with the guys, uh, and you're like, hey, get out the, get out the meat stick. That's and that's funny. my uh, that's my eight weight Orbis Encounter fly rod, and oh. that is strictly my streamer rod. Okay. So yeah, get out the meat, meat stick. stick. We're gonna chuck meat. There's I like, love they, it. I think Orbis made stickers, or it was uh-huh. Lakes Rivers and Streams called Meat Chucker. Oh, it's that's like funny. a streamer sticker. It that's was cool. Funny. That is cool. That's cool. Okay, what about fall time? You were I think you mentioned uh, zebra midges. Zebra midge in fall time. Yeah, right now right. you might want to sell a lot of your smaller smaller. Uh, Smaller based flies, smaller targets because so like after 16s and 18s, 16s, 18s, I'd even go 22, 20s, honestly, get into the 20s range. Um, right now, I don't know, it's weird. The browns and the rainbows, their mm-hmm. spawn times really don't line up, they're not mm. supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, brown spawn, well, you see the signs up there when you go up, don't the red zones, October sure. through March, they're they're done spawning, like eggs are hatched by. Okay. As early as December, maybe mid-November. Got that fly bug in here. Got that fly flying around here. About mid-November. Yeah, right? (laughs) Speaking of flies, there he is. Um, Around mid-November, all the fry are hatched. Okay. Um, They say you don't want to walk in until about March because there is that danger still stepping on them and disturbing Mm. the spawning habitat. Um, So... I lost my track of trade. Yeah, it's okay. That's yeah, okay. No, um, um, your yeah. smaller base flies. A smaller base fly. So, uh, like your larger ones are obviously your 14s, 16s, uh, 18s. So, when are you using uh, the larger flies? Larger flies, depending on what time of the year it is. The mm-hmm. largest flies I use, um, I use, I'll use size 8 streamers, mm-hmm. all the way up to size 11 streamers. Um, honestly, I do way more dry fly fishing than I do wet fly fishing. Um, I haven't really had much luck with streamer, never mm-hmm. really like streamers. I'll mm. use them. I've caught fish with them. But for me, what really gets it is the rise. Mm. Okay. I love watching that yeah. big white mouth come uh-huh. up and engulf a fly. There's just nothing like that. Yeah. So around early April, I'm really not on the river a lot because that's, sure. when, the, that's when the bass are spawning. Uh-huh. It's Here. completely different subject yeah. from this. Yeah. But no, <laughs> April, my main focus is um, usually on the river, okay. on the Snake River for okay. bass. Um Oh man, what sizes? Match the hatch. Mm. That's the best advice I can give anyone. Okay. If you're if you're going out and you don't have a guide with you, mm-hmm. um, take stuff. Look in your fly box. Look at what's flying around. Look mm-hmm. at the top of the water. Look at what they're eating. Interesting. You know? Okay. Um, Never thought of it that way. Because as hard as they are to catch and as sensitive they are as they are, trout are very very predictable. Mm. I mean, you can almost always go out. And if you know what they're eating, you tie it on, you're 
almost almost every cast you're guaranteed a fish you're gonna snag something um i part of what i wrote in my book really cool experiences like this i was out well on the Hawaii where <laughs> it's always Beautiful. where i'll be uh-huh. um and there's this spot that i call the cave there's this big concave where the water i think over years has washed it out mm-hmm. and it's just became a cave we mm-hmm. call it the cave nice. um, my family and i would go up there we like to we like to jump off of it mm-hmm. into the water and um, I was fishing that point, that corner right there. You Hawaii guys, you'll know exactly the spot I'm talking about um, on this point. Well, there was this praying mantis, big praying mantis. Mm-hmm. And he was on the willow branch, and he flew off, and he landed on this rock. And every, like, third wave, the current would wash over this rock. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in there, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know what's about to happen. <laughs> he's like, kind of poor guy, poor uh-huh. bastard. I felt so bad for him. <laughs> so the water came washed him down and over and he probably drifted maybe three feet Uh and this little tiny rainbow gone got him just gone so Ah. it's the it's the age-old joke size doesn't matter um (laughs) honestly it it really doesn't i mean if you go for a larger base fly you're gonna have your your larger fish you're gonna target that more okay i mean trout or trout i like to call it brown trout especially i like to call them a freshwater wolf Native mm. Americans actually called the brown trout the freshwater wolf wow. because they were very, just watching the way they hunt, they're mm-hmm. very opportunistic predators. They mm-hmm. don't expand. And, and this is with any large predatory fish species. They don't expand energy if they don't have to. Mm. I mean, everybody goes out and they're like, oh, yeah, you, you hear the guys talking. They make these, these big old tr- trout and these big old muskier bass or chase mm-hmm. and stuff. Through. No, they don't chase unless they have to. Mm-hmm. So if you take a larger base fly, mm-hmm. And you put it out of the way of your run. Like if you have a run, and your run can be in a current in a span from anywhere to seven to eight feet wide, there's only going to be about maybe six inches of space where mm. that fish is actually going to rise to mm-hmm. to take your fly. Mm. And if you have a little mm, tiny little caddis or something like that, those larger fish mm-hmm. that you want to target are going to look at that. And and I've seen them do it. Sure. I call it I call it a reject. I call it a reject or. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? A denial. Hmm. You know, you'll be drifting this little fly along and then all of a sudden the whole bottom of the river's moving. There's this big shadow and you know, it's a big fish mm-hmm. and they come up and they'll just barely break the surface with their nose and they'll drift right over and they'll go down. They won't even, won't hmm. even look at it. Interesting. Interesting. So you switch it up, you put on a larger fly. Um, I put on, oh man, I had like size 10 grasshopper, hmm. big grasshopper. Mm-hmm. Two casts drifted right over, snag. Hmm. So, so you got to really, really read the fish. It's really gotcha. very situational. What works today is not going to work tomorrow. Wow, this is this is some crazy stuff, folks. I mean, uh, I just came into this thinking it was going to be a topic about a cast and a pull, but now it's uh, turned into philosophical <coughs> questions. It's turned into uh, how to read the river, how to uh, how to read the flies, how to read the how to read the fish. I mean, this is this is amazing stuff, man. Very much so. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I what appreciate is you having the, me. Uh, what's the what's the future? What's the future look like for Red Rock? Future of Red Rock, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I would like to be able to be that guy okay. who's sixty five years old, uh-huh. knows more about the river than anyone, <laughs> and just has that reputation for being this really fun guy huh. who knows how to catch fish. Beautiful. I absolutely love it. What kind of impact do you think it has on the community? <laughs> Uh, in terms of business for uh, for the community and, in, and also in terms of what you have to offer. What does that look like? What I see and what I really, really would want for this is bringing people who 
don't have the opportunity to enjoy a beautiful recreational area okay. as such as our I am very mm-hmm. biased. Our Owyhee <laughs> River too. our Owyhee River is hands down the it's best next fly fishing river. Mm-hmm. Next to nothing. Mm-hmm. And bringing people the more people I want to bring out here and share it with, hopefully mm-hmm. they'll see it as this place truly is special mm. and they'll want to help conserve it and protect it and keep it Keep a Waihee wild. Hashtag mm-hmm. keep a Waihee wild. I mean, honestly. <laughs> there we go, folks. We'll start that. Keep a Waihee wild. Uh-huh. You know, um, I hope it, I, There's there's been a lot of people up there, and honestly, it has gained a lot more popularity. But the future that I want to see, the, the impact that I want my business to mm-hmm. have on it is just open people's eyes and see that we do have this really beautiful natural resource mm. that in a good way we can go and we have the ability to take advantage of and use it properly and take care of it at the same time. I love that. I absolutely love that folks. Uh, you've got your knowledge in fly fishing now, so you can go out there and be successful, but make sure you take this guy with you. Thank you. Connor, I appreciate you having on this show today, but sure. Thank you. It's been amazing. It means a lot, man. We'll uh, appreciate you guys. Follow him on red rock, Hawaii outfitters, red rock, Hawaii outfitters on Instagram Instagram. and, uh, hit them up. We'll put links in all of our, in our bios and, Phone number, email, phone all numbers, that. the whole nine. We'll put Thank you out yeah, there, man. man. We appreciate it. Appreciate you, brother. Absolutely having you yeah. on. So. Thank you. Thank you, everybody at that local life. We're out. <laughs>